All right. Welcome back to another episode of The Strategy Inside Everything. With you again is your intrepid host, Adam Pirino. I don't know what intrepid means or therefore if I am in fact intrepid, but it's a big word and I just used it. So that happened. (laughs) Um, Today we have a different take on the conversations we normally have and I'm pumped. Um, Kevin Holish, who is the founder of Moment, uh, an app that I recently installed. We're going to talk about my hesitations in a little bit. Um, he's the founder, and I'm assuming you've done a lot of the coding. Kevin, how are you? Good. Thanks for having me, Adam. And yes, I, ha- I have of done course. a lot of the, the coding. How big is the team, or, is, or are you the, essentially the team and um, you know driving the whole thing? I'm essentially the team. So I'm actually in the process of expanding the team. Uh, we're four people um, for the most part. Um, some are part-time, but um, it, it's mostly me doing the design, development, and sort of product direction. Got it. And um, give me a little bit of a sense of your of your background before we get into this. Um, for, the, for the listeners, we are going to talk today about um, habit. Uh, so if you're not familiar with Moment, uh, it, it keeps track of your the use of your smartphone and it kind of shows you, it charts for you how much you're using today versus yesterday and how you're spending the time in different apps um, to help you become aware. And when I mm-hmm. started, finally jumped in and using it, I said, I would like to speak to the person who thought of this idea. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, you, you hit it dead on. Um, that's what Moment does. I I've been an app developer since the iPhone came out basically. And before that I was a web developer. So I'm uh, all into the development side, but also kind of more importantly, the design side Um, kind of, you know, details like the user interface, but also kind of the ideas behind the features in the app um, kind of the, the psychological basis for that. And what, what was it that, um, if you're not familiar with the app, you may want to pause and go check it out. It's uh, the URL directly is what in the moment dot io. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I think people should check it out if they're not familiar, or if you Google it, it'll come up. If you Google Moment app, um, mm-hmm. give me a sense of the the genesis. So you you were in at the beginning in 2007, 2008, developing apps. When mm-hmm. did you when did you catch this problem, and when did you or not problem, but when did you see this this idea forming in your mind? That's it. That's an interesting question. And I, I sort of answer it one way, but I'll, I'll try it a little different this time. Um, when I first got my my very first iPhone, I was um, just entering college. I got the iPhone 4 was actually my first iPhone. And I named it Wired, meaning like wired into the the, the network or the, the internet or the cloud. Because um, I kind of knew like going from a dumb phone or a feature phone to a smartphone is like sort of a one-way street. Like I'm always going to be connected now, um, which comes with benefits, but it also comes with a bunch of downsides. So even then, you know, I, I wasn't that smart when I was 21, but um, even then I was kind of thinking that this is going to be an issue um, in my personal life. Um, so fast forward three or four years, I was out for a run actually, um, sans smartphone, sans headphones, uh, not listening to podcasts, no offense. Um But I was looking at my uh, Fitbit on my wrist and I was like, man, I wish I like kind of had a Fitbit for a lot of things in my life, Um, namely screen time. Um, I wish I knew how much time I was spending on my phone. Um, So I, you know, got home from my run, um, thought about it a little bit more in the shower, 
um, you know, again, without my smartphone. Um, it's, it's sort of where you come up with all your good ideas. Um, away from, away and, from your smartphone. Yeah, 100%. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so I looked for looked through the app store. There wasn't anything like it. So I just hacked something together over the couple months, um, you know, kind of in the weekends and, and evenings and stuff. And that's how Moment came to be, really. Um, I installed it on my phone. I was surprised at how much I used my own phone. Um, and I secretly installed it on my wife's phone to see how much time she was spending on Instagram. And, you know, that didn't go so well, but, uh, you know, that, that's definitely, that's the genesis of moment. And so how did you, as you started pitching people to download it, I've, I've created a bunch of apps for brands and just for Mm -hmm. side projects. And one thing I know is, um, you can look someone in the eye while they have their phone out and tell them about your app and they can say, I am going to download it, but Mm -hmm. they don't. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you get people, what was the reception to moment as you were introducing it to people that you met or as you were pitching it or, um, as you were kind of initially launching it? I think the reception initially was, you know, I, would tell them about the idea. I'd give them the elevate elevator pitch, like you just said. Um, and they would be like, oh yeah, my wife needs that. It was never, I need that. It was always like, oh, my, my best friend needs that. She's always on her phone. Or my, my mom needs that. She's always on her phone. So it was like looking outwards, which, you know, isn't what I designed the app for, but that's sort of most people's first reaction. Um, and then I just, you know, once it was public, I encouraged people to download it. And it doesn't hurt to, you know, know how much you're on your phone. Um, and it, it almost every time, people were just surprised at how much, you know, they themselves were on their phone. Like it wasn't just their, their wife that was on their phone a bunch. It was, it was them as well. Oh yeah. I mean, that's a classic behavioral economics thing. It's, it's the perspective of the customer is never, I have the problem. I know someone mm-hmm. who has the problem that this might help. Um, exactly. Did you tell people not to install it clandestinely on their spouse's phone as you had learned early on? I did. Um, that, <laughs> so I, you know, she, it, it was kind of confrontational the way I did it, which I learned isn't the best way, you know, for our relationship and just in general, like even the, the parent child relationship, um, you know, when it comes to screen time, at least um, it's not necessarily the best thing for one party or one side to be dictating rules or confronting anything or like having an intervention. It's definitely something that's better as a conversation and, you know, working together on something rather than like one person being the bad one. Well that, okay. So now we're, we're, we're into it now. We're talking about changing habits (laughs) or at least observing them. So my question is you brought up conversation and I, I agree. Um, I'm a parent. Do you, you do have kids or you don't have kids? I do not. So my, I, I should preface it with, I do not have kids. Um, I've, you know, I have a lot of friends with younger kids. Um, yeah. So that's kind of where I'm getting a lot of this. That's cool. I, but I agree with what you said. Conversation works better. Collaboration works better to address issues than one-sided, um, you know, mm-hmm. we're going to dictate things right. in most cases, not in all cases, but yep. the app, when I install it or when a user installs it, it is, do you view that as a conversation between moment and the user that is that's collaborating together or is it really one-sided where i'm observing and policing my own behavior and i'm only been using it for a week so i'm i'm Mm kind of getting getting up to speed on how it works and the recommendations it's making sure so i'd say right right now the app is is sort of one-sided like moments just sort of giving you statistics and sort of 
you know, leaving it up to you to change your behavior. There's a coach feature inside of the Moment app, which, um, you know, there's a couple sort of two-week courses to help you sort of to, to coach your way through changing some of your habits, if that's your goal. Um, it's a, a fairly basic implementation right now, but that's that's definitely the direction we're headed is kind of making it a conversation um, coach kind of thing. I One thing I love, I noticed this right away, it says in the coaching, there's a, there's a couple options when you first sign up. In mm-hmm. the Bored and Brilliant, it says, fair warning, this course is designed to challenge your habits around screen time and is going to be difficult. Mm-hmm. You're going to find yourself deeply uncomfortable. Um, and I thought, oh, okay, I'm too scared to do that. I assume over some period <laughs> of time, I will say, okay, I'm ready to, to try this and jump into it. Um, but mm-hmm. I really love that you put the language in there that frames it for people. This is not going to be easy. You're addicted to this. You don't say it, but essentially you're addicted to this device and the information it gives you. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, if you go in expecting this like moment coach to magically solve all your problems and it's going to be super easy, it's it's not the right attitude and you're going to, it's sort of setting you up for failure because I, I know this these kind of habit changes around your screen time specifically are super hard to change. You know, they've been forming for years and years and they're deeply ingrained and I, you know, try to set it up so that, you know, people understand that it's difficult, but like also that everyone has difficulty with it. It's not like I, I mean, I'm certainly not better at this than anyone else. Like I, all I think about is like moment and how to improve it. But even me, I I find myself sort of getting sucked into my phone more often than I'd like. Well, have you seen with the coaching, uh, are people who engage in the coaching over the full two weeks, does, does their scream time drop dramatically? So it during the course it definitely does. Um, at, during the two weeks, you know, you're, you're every day you're you sort of have like a challenge to do within moment, and your screen time, it, you know, it's it's at top of mind. So it definitely does drop. Um, usually about an hour a day. It's something like fifty eight minutes a day, um, oh. going from about you know four hours and twenty minutes to say three hours and twenty minutes. So it's a significant improvement. Um, over the long term, the, the difference is certainly not that drastic. Um, you know, once you're done the course, you kind of go back to your your older habits, at least in part. So that's that's something I'm, I'm working on, making sort of the coach more effective long term. Um, and part of that is just adding more sort of courses you can go through, more journeys um, through, you know, different habits around your screen time to do with sleep or focus, um, that kind of stuff. So it's effective in the short term, but I'm still working on kind of the long-term problem, which is definitely the the sort of long-term goal for the app and my, my company as well. Yeah. And we've seen, we've seen Apple kind of set up those um, sleep tracker, sleep timer, mm-hmm. sleepy time. Totally. And then uh, in the new Android kit, they're, they're rolling out a bunch of those same features or similar mm-hmm. features. What, what aspects of the coaching do you feel, or do you have data that suggest are more effective in changing people's um, screen time usage? Are there specific things or specific parts of the program where people really see a drop off, even even if it's just during that you know day or two that they're going through it? Mm-hmm. Definitely. So the most effective sort of challenge, um, there, there's two like really effective ones. So if you're only going to do two, these are the most effective. Um, one is to delete whatever app you're sort of wasting time on. And it sounds really obvious, but 
you know, if you're getting sucked into Instagram, um, you know, deleting Instagram for a week can kind of reset those habits. Um, you're no longer going to itch for Instagram. Um, and in the long term, your goal isn't to not use Instagram. Um, it's just to use it kind of uh, more productively or more just consciously um, instead of just, you know, being bored for a split second and opening Instagram, you kind of think about it like, oh, okay, I'm going to spend... 10 minutes on Instagram this evening and then I'll be done. Um, so that that's definitely effective. Um, and also not sleeping with your phone right next to you. So sort of banning your phone from your bedroom, um, keeping your bedroom like a, like a sleep sanctuary, um, you know, not interrupted by blue light or notifications or anything like that. Um, it it kind of helps you sleep better, but it also reduces your screen time because it's not the last thing you touch before you go to bed or the first thing you touch in the morning. Hmm. That's interesting. So are there any takeaways that you've observed that could apply to other kind of habits? So you've kind of become, you have this huge data set around um, screen time in particular, but uh, what I thought you and I could get into is, you know, how we change habits, uh, how we think about habits, or I guess how we don't think about habits is really the issue. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. There's there's a couple things. It, this is all still stuff I'm still experimenting with and learning through Moment, um, and also my my various research um, that I'm working on. And there's there's kind of a couple things that stick out in my mind. Um, one is that you know just habits take forever to change. This is downloading Moment is not. It's the first step in sort of a long journey towards changing your habits. Um, the coach is sort of another small step, but this stuff, you know, these ha habits, at least around screen time, have been forming for years, and it takes a long, long time to undo. Um, you know, I'm five years into developing and thinking about Moment, and I'm sort in the past year or so, I've sort of really nailed down my own screen time habits. You know. Um, you know, being more present with my family um, and, and not spending time on my phone in the evening, just sort of wasted time. So it, it definitely takes, you know, a long time. I I'd sort of quantify it in terms of years rather than months or, you know, even days. Um, so that, that's, you know, something I'm working on at the moment, um, trying to sort of decrease that time and, and help nudge people in the right direction. Um, and kind of the, the second point... Um, or the, the second part that I've learned is um, just that, um, oh, shoot, I lost my train of thought there. Um, oh, well, we if, I, talking, if I, oh, go ahead, go ahead. No, go ahead. Well, what I was wondering is how it expands out beyond screen time usage and any other habits that you think um, some of the principles that have shown up in moment uh, could apply to changing those habits or affecting the, those habits. Gotcha. I remember what I was going to say. Um, so with with sort of some bad habits you might have, and I would quantify smartphone addiction, or I would qualify smartphone addiction and smartphone overuse as kind of a, a bad habit, you have to find something to replace it with. Um, you know, at first, I was trying to replace my screen time with just like, I don't know, walking or meditating, and that just didn't quite work. Um, I needed something to sort of fill my attention at least a little bit. Um, so I sort of replaced a lot of my screen time with reading. Um, I've always enjoyed reading books, mostly 
nonfiction stuff with the occasional fiction book mixed in. So in the evenings when I'd feel that itch to, you know, sort of zone out and reach for my phone, I'd read instead and sort of get sucked into uh, a good novel or an interesting book. So, you know, if you're trying to change your habit, um, at least as a kind of short-term solution, try to replace it with something else. That's, you know, however you define it better. Yeah, I guess reading is not a bad substitute for, you know, browsing Twitter or, you know, doing something silly like that. Yeah, exactly. And that's sort of evolved into more, you know, mindfulness and being present kind of activities. Um, You know, reading is still sort of distracting yourself with something. Um, It is better than Twitter, which was sort of my like drug of choice. Um, It's better than Twitter, but it's still not the same as having a conversation with your, your spouse or your kids. Um, so that's, that's definitely sort of the, the longer term replacements. Yeah. I, listeners to the show will know that I am absolutely hooked on Twitter and have been for, <laughs> I don't know, going over 10 years. So um, mm-hmm. it's a real problem. <laughs> so that's what I'm trying to fix. I that. feel yeah. 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 It's easy to just spend time just thumbing for hours and hours and hours. Totally. I mean, that's, that's, you know, when you distill social media down into, um, you know, it like a, a little nugget, it's um, just an endless timeline that you can, you know, tailor to exactly what you're interested in. Um, you know, if you're interested in habits and psychology and and ad strategy, you know, you can fill your, your timelines with that and it's endlessly entertaining. So it's you know, kind of a blessing, but it's also kind of a curse, you know, you can sink a lot of time into it and not really come out any better off on the other side. Oh, yeah. I mean, what do you think? What do you think people as we're as I'm constantly grabbing for my phone, or as I'm grabbing for anything, you know, what is it that triggers I'm, I love Twitter, but I also, there's, you know, a game that I'll play at a specific point in the day. I've realized mm-hmm. now that I'm tracking this stuff. Um, what is it that my brain responds to about those things? What, what creates that habit? I think for every person, it's a little different and it even, you know, varies based on the time of day. Um, I think a big sort of trigger for people is boredom. Um, it's really difficult to be alone with your thoughts for 10 minutes. You know, meditating is one thing, but like, I don't know, just standing around for 10 minutes. Like it's, it's a rare thing nowadays. And even, you know, me in my own life, I I rarely have this, this downtime um, to, you know, do my best thinking. It's, it's where I come up with all my good ideas. Um, It's where I, you know, examine my own life and kind of the direction I'm headed um, you know, this like self actualization thing. Um, it's the only time you can do it, but if you're constantly reaching for, you know, something to fill that boredom void or the, the void that boredom leaves, even, you know, standing in line at the grocery store for 25 seconds, you're, you know, that that's a big trigger for people. I think, um, part of it is like my, my wife and I always talk about you know, sort of the energy level we have left, we, we call them crystals. This is not like scientific at all. Or, um, but it's like you have, you know, a hundred, this, I don't even know if this is, this sounds pretty hippie. We're not, you know, um, super into that, but. Um, you're, you're too late now. You got to go for it. You got to tell, you got to tell the story. Gonna, I'm talking about crystals. Oh, geez. Um, but we, you know, you start the day with a certain amount of energy um, to make hard decisions, to sort of, 
um, work productively, you know, at your job. And then in the evening, your sort of willpower is depleted. Um, so that's when you tend to reach for, you know, social media networks or games or, or news feeds. Um, so that that's kind of one thing as well. Um, you know, keeping some of those that that willpower left into the evening where you can, you know, re, you know, resist the pull of your screen, but also do other things like exercise or eat well, you know, keeping some of that willpower sort of for the end of the day. And have you applied this? Like, I love candy, you know, any kind of gummy candy. Oh, I candy, love candy. Yes. I'm, oh, I'm all over it. So it, um, when here at, here at my office, they're always throwing gummy bears at me and stuff. And I, <laughs> I find it really hard to, I have to be all in or all out. Like I, I either mm-hmm. am not eating sugar. They always say, Oh, Adam's off the sugar," or, you know, <laughs> I'm just stuffing it in my face like a raccoon at a garbage pail. Mm-hmm. Do you think, um, do you apply some of these same behaviors to that? Have you seen any, have in, I guess you can only speak for yourself here, but have mm-hmm. you seen any of the same kind of, um, methods work to, to address those issues, like habits that happen off the screen? Definitely. So I've, I've found immense benefit from sort of doing the, the no sugar thing, um, you know, applying to smartphones, you know, I, I do these sort of like weekends disconnected um, every month or so, you know, I t- turn off my phone, I don't even think about checking my email. Um, and that is tremendously helpful. You know, I'm on the face of it not working, but you know, I'm thinking about moment, thinking about features I can add to make it better. And that that's, you know, literally where I come up with all my d- good ideas. It's not buried in my inbox somewhere. It's, you know, disconnected, taking a hike somewhere. Um, but also I've tried, I've, so I have a sweet tooth too, but I've been trying to be okay with just having like a couple bites of like gummy bears or whatever it is. Um, my weakness is probably like apple pie or you know, carrot cake or something. Um, you know, I don't have to be, I don't have to eat the whole thing and I don't have to eat none, but like two bites is okay. And that, that kind of balance is still something I'm very much working on. Got it. Yeah. I'm, I'm there with you. So I, I have the app open now. I don't mm-hmm. have a lot of data because like I said, I'm, I'm pretty new on it. Mm-hmm. Um, what kind of feedback do you get from people when they start to see you know, their screen time, their waking life, their pickups. Mm-hmm. I have a day, I have a day that like the third day I used the app that was almost twice the days leading up to that. And I was shocked. It was, went up to three hours and four minutes and I was pretty horrified. I was like, what the hell? Um, but it was Saturday and I was home and uh-huh. I was, my kids were out doing stuff. So I was just kind of sitting around looking at Twitter all day long. Yep, exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, that's that's something I, I hear echoed constantly. Um, you know, people download the app expecting to see themselves use their phone for, I don't know, two hours a day. Set seems about right, but it ends up being about four hours on average. People are off by 100%. You know, it's usually double what they expect. Um, and I, That's echoed with, you know, when I first installed Moment, when I... Um, when my wife first, you know, voluntarily installed moment, um, and sort of, you know, through the, the thousands of customers, um, it, it's definitely hard to estimate your own screen time without this sort of tool like moment, just sort of, um, tracking it for you. Do you, so you're in an unusual position because you're, you, the app that you've created tracks my time, which tracking right now is, 
just as a word is like an abstract negative, Mm -hmm. but you're not building in hooks to the app where you're trying to get me to keep coming back to it a la Facebook or Twitter. Mm -hmm. Uh, You're not doing anything to get me to to engage with the app necessarily. It almost seems like I can't background quit it, but it doesn't really beg a lot of my attention. It's up to Mm -hmm. me how often I go back and look at it. Yeah, that's exactly right. And that's how I designed it. Um, So technically, Moment is an app that you download, like just like Facebook is an app that you download onto your phone. But I designed Moment literally from the ground up to be as invisible as possible. Um, You know, it runs in the background, you sort of set it up. And if you want to see how much you're using your phone, you can open the app for a few seconds and sort of get that, you know, big number of how much I've been on my phone today. But also there's sort of this nudging that goes on with notifications inside of Moment. So there's a couple things you can set up to just keep you conscious of how much you're using your phone throughout the day. You know, if you're deep in Twitter, um, you might get a notification from Moment that says, hey, you've been on your phone 45 minutes today and it's already or it's only, you know, 845 in the morning um, Mm -hmm. just to kind of keep you conscious of that. Um, And... I actually, so a lot of apps measure sort of time on device or time inside of the app. And that's a, a huge metric for places like Facebook or any, you know, Twitter, any social media network or any anything ad-based really. Um, you know, the more people, the more time and attention people are spending inside of the app, the more profitable the app's going to be. Um, I measure that same number, but I actually try to reduce it. Um, so the average person spends about three seconds inside of moment each day, which is awesome. Um, it started out around 25 seconds and I slowly like whittled that down to three seconds. Um, so, you know, installing moment on your phone as an app, you know, will probably eat up three seconds of your day, um, which I'm, I'm pretty happy with. (laughs) You got it as simple as you can. Exactly. Yeah. There's not a very long onboarding process for it. It, it, Mm -hmm. it comes and goes very quickly, but. I wonder, so I think I, I think I downloaded moment three times before I installed (laughs) it. And I, because I was like, do I really want this app to have access to all this stuff? And and, and is that something I'm ready to do? And so finally, you know, the last time I was like, ah, I will try it. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm wondering since you're in the business of habit and you're thinking about nudge and you're thinking about um, creating behavior and changing behavior, how much you think about creating nudges that will get people over the hump, you know, from Mm -hmm. hearing about it or reading about it or listening to us talk now to downloading it to, you know, through the user journey to getting it on their phone and sending data back and and improving their habits. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's it's certainly an interesting balance um, and one that, you know, I'm constantly working on. So right now the app is pretty, um, you know, in the background, like it it doesn't beg a lot of attention, like you said. Um, But I am working on things like the coach. Um, you know, if you're going through a course, you're going to spend more time inside of moment, you know, reading what the day is about, you know, the day's challenge or, or how you've been doing so far. So it's, it's all sort of a balance of, you know, I, my sort of overarching goal is to show people how much they're using the phone and show them, you know, habit changes to help them use it less. Um, but in order to do that, they're going to need to sort of temporarily spend more time on their phone inside of moment. Um, and it's, you know, all of the sort of 
psychological techniques I'm using in the coach and even kind of the notifications for the coach all come from the same research and the same line of thinking that, you know, sort of led to this smartphone addiction problem with, you know, social media apps, um, you know, well-timed relevant notifications that just know how to capture your attention. Um, so I'm using a lot of the same, you know, science behind what makes phones addictive to try to make it less addictive, um, at least in the long run. Right. And I, I can imagine a time not too long ago where somebody thinking about this app would have said, well, and I'll build in a community where people can trade mm-hmm. tips and encourage each other. And all of a sudden it's sending you notifications for crap you didn't you do, that make you come back and, and spend more time in the app itself. Exactly. I mean, the community feature, it seems really helpful for kind of a small subset of people. You know, there's, there's like health and fitness apps. Um, My fitness pal is one that's popping to mind, but I have some friends that it's literally changed their life just having this positive supportive community. Um, I, (laughs) I have a hard time justifying that for screen time, because you're going to be on your screen, you know, interacting with this online community when you could be interacting with your sort of in-person community. Um, so that's, that's definitely been why I've kind of shied away from the sort of community feature. Um, that said, you know, I think there is kind of a, a light version of the community that could be, you know, most of the benefit, but also not as much of the time sink with the, you know, constant notifications or the sort of neat, the, the feeling that you need to keep up with it. Right. Yeah. Do you, how do you reconcile that tension between most developers are trying to win screen time and win usage and you're almost trying to stay invisible because you don't want someone to say, well, I used two hours of screen time today, but 10 minutes of that was just messing around in moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I think the sort of core of why I'm able to take this approach with moment is its business model. So I don't show ads to users. I basically just sell the app. Um, It's free to download, but then there's a premium feature for four bucks, Um, premium features, I should say for four bucks. Um, and, And that allows me to not, want to maximize certain metrics like time in app. Um, you know, I, my customers are the users of my app, whereas, you know, like Facebook, the customers are really the, the ad, um, the, the companies running ads, not the, the end users. Mm -hmm. Totally agree. Yeah. So you don't have that problem. Mm Mm-hmm. I wonder if, if what would happen if Facebook would just charge a stupid dollar a month or something, they they wouldn't even need to run ads, right? With 2 billion users. You would think, but I, I, I remember reading a statistic. I may be off on this, but I think the sort of average amount that Facebook makes off of each user is like five bucks a month, which I'm sure 10% of the users would pay that. But free is very enticing for people. Um, even if they're sort of paying in other ways, you know, paying with their attention or paying with their data, it's, you know, really hard to convince people to, um, you know, not to pay for something that, that could be free instead. So I, I guess my question is, is moment you're full you know, your whole focus is moment or do you work on other projects? Do you have, do you have other apps or, or products that you're building? Moment's definitely my main focus. Um, I had a couple other apps sort of in the same sort of, you know, habit change 
arena. But um, I've recently actually shut those down just to focus on moment. Um, it's it's been the most successful app I've worked on and kind of had the most impact. So it was kind of a no brainer to focus on moment exclusively. What were what were what was one of those that you shut down? Uh, ironically, it was an app called Focus. Um, it was moment. It, well, I should say it, it tracked your screen time while driving, and it would you know really push you to put down your phone if you were driving um, just to prevent the whole texting and driving thing um, that had some success, but not nearly as much as moment. Um, it's just a problem. I think the people that need an app like that, you know, aren't the ones searching for an app like that. If that makes yeah. sense, like that the people that need it I, most. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be something I install on my kid's phone and they never open because they're like, you know, exactly. That until, until they have a problem, they don't have a problem. Yep, exactly. So do you, are all the apps that you've been working on kind of dedicated to this idea of less screen time? The the two most recent apps, yes. Um, but I had one app before that. It was called Move that just reminded you every 45 minutes or so to get up and do like a little random exercise. So the idea was to spread out, you know, a whole workout throughout the day instead of this intense you know, half an hour session at the gym, you would do, you know, 20 pushups 10 times throughout the day or something. Um, and, you know, that, you know, that app I created, I think, seven years ago, kind of before the Apple Watch and before some of the, you know, other health and fitness apps that that sort of are a better version of that. But it's, you know, this small incremental habit change to help you lead a slightly more physical, physically active life. Well, all right. So let's let's put you on the dark side of the force here. Let's just turn the the mirror around. Sure. So you're in the the app building community. You're essentially building against the grain. Everyone else is looking for hooks and looking for ways to build habit in to get people back to the app. Um, has anybody? Well, I guess it doesn't matter if you've been approached. But when you talk to other developers, do they? How do they think about moment? as they're building stuff that's really trying to capture my attention and keep me engaged? Um, I don't know if I have a super great answer to that question because I sort of purposefully take myself out of those communities. You know, I, I'm more involved, you know, in talking to people that run like meditation apps um, mm -hmm. more so than like the social networking apps that, you know, want to capture your attention. Um, a meditation app doesn't beg for your attention, you know, more than 10 minutes a day or something during your, your meditation session. So those are the kind of people I try to, you know, keep in my close group of, of friends and, and colleagues. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Funny aside for the listeners, I assumed it was an app. And so I assumed when I reached out to Kevin that he was based in the Bay Area because my, brain, <laughs> my simple brain just assumes like, oh, it's technology is probably in somewhere up there. It's uh, a good guess. Yeah. Yeah. But he's not in there. That keeps you separated from that community and that way of thinking, I guess. Definitely. But that said, I, you know, work, you know, some of the, the meditation app creators that I, I work with and, you know, we advise each other. They're based in the Bay Area. So it it's not a place that I'm uh, totally outside of, but it's, uh, I definitely try to come at it from an outside perspective. Do they, do people inside the tech community use Moment as far as you know? Yes, actually. And that's been kind of the biggest surprise to me is some of 
you know, the biggest, or I I shouldn't say the biggest, you know, CEOs and founders inside of the Bay Area um, use Moment. But yeah, like a number of sort of high level executives or CEOs are are huge fans of the app, even if they're running a a social media company. And let's talk just a little bit about um, attention and how important attention is. Uh, mm-hmm. From my perspective, as a as a consumer and as a device user, but also from the point of of an app maker and a brand, you know how important is how valuable is my attention? We I guess if we say Facebook makes five dollars a month off of each user on average, or whatever that number mm-hmm. is, I know that's you just pulled that out of the air. Mm-hmm. You know what's your what's your take on that? Um, I, I think I think it comes down to like me as a consumer, not consciously valuing my time. Um, you know, I, I value my time when I'm working at a job because they they pay me, you know, 20 bucks an hour or whatever it is. And I don't think people take that same attitude and sort of apply that to what they're spending their time on outside of work. You know, if I'm like you, you spent, you know, three-ish hours on Twitter. Um, would you have paid $15 to do that? Or um, I guess you're sort of leaving $15 on the table, or at least, you know, it, it, when you, I guess when you dive into the money, it's kind of weird, but um, you know, there's... No, no. I, I like quantifying it. I think there's value there in, in figuring that out. I, I get what you're, where you're going. Yeah. So it's like, would I rather spend, you know, three hours, I guess time is a better reference. Would I rather spend three hours on Twitter and sort of, you know, get a little bit out of it, be entertained for a few hours? Or would I rather spend three hours with my kids or with my wife or exercising or eating better? So it's definitely something that I don't think people think about spending as much um, because there is certainly a fixed quantity of it. Um, And you kind of don't know how much you have as well. You know, everyone has 24 hours in a day. They can spend how they want. Um, I think it would be super valuable if, you know, people thought about that consciously, Um, not just sort of, you know, run out of crystals at the end of the day and then get sucked (laughs) into some social media network. Nice, nice call back there. Um, (laughs) I don't, yeah, I don't think we quantify... Uh, attention very well. And that's really what, what moment is doing. I, I'm not a big Fitbit guy. I don't wear, I don't mm-hmm. track anything. I'm not like one of these quantified people. Um, I have a feeling as I get into months and half months uh, and half years and years of being able to look at this, I'll be shocked at the way I'm wasting attention and wasting time. And in a, in a week mm-hmm. I look at it and I say, well, on Saturday, most of it was, you know, I was home alone and I had a, a basketball game on and I had Twitter up while I was doing that. So mm-hmm. I, I, it's an, it becomes an anecdote that I can make an excuse for, mm-hmm. but over if it's every Saturday for two years, that's something I have to address. That's something I can deal with. That's something mm-hmm. I can Definitely. find to fix. Right. I could say, eh, maybe I should just DVR that and just fast forward through the commercials with the phone down. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, it, it's sort of an ebb and flow kind of thing. Um, I, I find there's there's a few solid chunks of time, you know, weeks at a time where I'm barely using my phone, like 20 minutes a day, 30 minutes a day. And that's including developing moment. Um, it's a lot of um, writing or, or thinking um, or, you know, coding on my laptop. Um, but then there's sort of 
weekends where my wife's out of town and I eat pizza all weekend and go on my phone for three hours a day and watch YouTube videos or who knows. Um, so it's, it's definitely an ebb and flow thing. Um, I, what I'm, I think my only goal with moment is just to try to, you know, nudge people in the right direction of spending a little bit less time on their phone. Um, by showing them where they're spending their time and kind of showing them how to spend it better. That's awesome. Three, three more questions for you. Sure. And I'll let you go. What is the biggest thing you've, you've changed about moment since you launched it? Like what was the biggest aha that you said, Oh, I have to adjust this. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it, it's a, I, I guess I had definitely the biggest like aha moment, probably a year and a half ago or so when I dug into some of the data. Um, so in moment, I sort of track people's, um, or I should say track. I anonymously measure um, people's, you know, screen time and how it changes through the use of various features inside a moment. Um, when I first launched the app, I had a daily limit feature, um, and it's actually still there. But you can set a limit on yourself to basically have moment annoy you uh, until you put down your phone if you're sort of over three hours a day. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that's sort of the, you know, at the time, that was the extent of my like habit change knowledge. It's like, oh, well, let's just set like a hard limit on it and enforce it and be mean and, and angry and people will, you know, feel this shame and put down their phone. But that turns out not to be the case at all. Um, it is a tremendously ineffective feature. Um for at least the sort of individual market, you know, I think I have a problem with my phone. So I download moment and set this limit. It, it, it isn't effective at all, really. Um, but I've sort of been moving towards more of a, you know, a carrot approach instead of a stick approach, um, showing people an alternative to screen time or helping, you know, pinpoint a few bad habits they might have, and then what to replace those bad habits with kind of the, the two I mentioned earlier, like deleting your most used time wasted app and, you know, not keeping your phone in the bedroom. If you just do that, you're going to, you know, I guess it sounds a little grandiose, but you're going to spend less time on your phone. You're going to have better relationships with your, your family and probably be a, a happier person. At least that's, that's been my own experience and the experience of most of the customers that I talk to. Oh, that's cool. Um, how much time do you use your device every day? Um, I can grab my phone and tell you it's around an hour a day. Um, okay. it, you know, kind of goes up and goes down a little bit, but it's about an hour a day. I started off at about two hours a day. So I've, I've worked to cut that in half, but that's been over the course of four and a half years. I have found that I know that it's counting. So I'm like, uh, well, let me just really quickly do this thing. Uh-huh. And then I exactly. put the phone down. So I don't know if I'm, I'm skewing the numbers a little bit. But <laughs> I think I'll get past that. My behavior will take over. Yeah, that's, the, and that's, that's exactly right. That That's kind of my goal moment, you know, kind of my long, long-term goal is to, you know, have people use moment, but also not need it in the future. Um, you know, retrain your brain, retrain your habits so that you don't need moment nudging you or any kind of limits or coach. You just sort of do this stuff yourself. And that's, you know, a big journey that I'm going through um, on a personal level, but also figuring out how to apply that to millions of other people. No, that's really cool. All right. Last final, final, final question. I swear. Uh, What is the uh, app or thing you do the most on your phone? 
Ooh, good question. Um, hmm. I, I would say, um, you know, I have, if only there was an app that would like tell me this answer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm pulling up my insights right now. I can tell you what my most used app is. Um, I'm pretty sure it's email. If I had to at, if I had to uh, guess, doesn't that make um, you so sad? It does actually, you know what? I'm pretty proud of this. So the, the past quarter, um, you know, the past three months, I've actually used the phone app the most. Um, oh, and wow. that's sort of that's sort of a gray area at moment. It doesn't really it doesn't track your actual time on a phone call. It's only tracking screen time. But that's been my most used app with the second being messages, which um, and then FaceTime, which is actually like I had no idea without moment. Um, that's kind of stuff I've been trying to focus on rather than social networks. It's kind of my new year's resolution if you could call it that um spend less time perusing social networks and actually actively you know reach out to my close family and friends over text message kind of at the least but the the best being facetime and an actual like phone call right actually connecting with someone versus like virtual asynchronous uh, connection yeah Exactly. And it's, you know, the programmer me is driven mad by this, you know, social media network, uh, social networks are just so time efficient and effective. And I feel like I'm keeping up with, you know, my 200 Facebook friends, but I'm really not. I'd rather, you know, do it the hard way and have a one-on-one conversation, you know, once every couple of weeks and only keep up with 15 of my my closest family and friends rather than thinking I'm sort of half keeping up with 200. That's the dream, my friend. That is the dream. <laughs> yep, absolutely. All right. Well, this has been great. Um, thank you very much for, for making time to chat. Um, you can find uh, the app in the moment.io is where you'll find moment. Uh, I know it's, I have it on uh, iTunes. It's available for Android. It is not. That's that's something I'm working on, actually. So it's iOS only right now. So iPhones and iPads, but Android sort of coming soon. All right. Very cool. And uh, where else can people find you if they if they have uh, questions or uh, want to talk more about uh, Moment? I'm Kevin Holish on Twitter, K-E-V-I-N-H-O-L-E-S-H. Um, I'm not tremendously responsive, but I do sort of make it a point to check at mentions once once a week or so and you know, get back to people sort of, you know, in, in Twitter time, you know, a week is like an eternity, but oh, it's like two years. Yeah, it, exactly. But, um, that's kind of the best place. That's very good. All right. Well, thank you again. This has been an awesome talk and I, Thanks again, for I really me, appreciate it. Of course. Yeah, it was fun. Thanks again. Thanks.